Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 8.33 a.m. here on November the 27th. The inquiry into the use of the Federal Emergency Act. Friday was its final day. Thank you. gentlemen how has everybody been i've been pretty good i hope you uh, are enjoying your weekend this is sunday i'll be back to work the coming week now over the past mm, approximately six weeks the inquiry into the use of the Federal Emergency Act saw over more than 70 people testifying from the police services to business owners to residents to people officials at the borders organizers themselves, government officials, and including the Prime Minister of Canada. The Federal Emergency Act is a very serious thing. Now, for people who don't know what the Federal Emergency Act is. It became law in 1988. It replaced the Federal War Act. And the act contains a specific definition of a national emergency that makes clear how serious a situation needs to be before the act can be relied upon. A national emergency is an urgent, temporary, and, and critical situation that seriously endangers the health and safety of Canadians or that seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada to preserve the sovereignty, security, and the territorial integrity of Canada. It must be a situation that cannot be effectively dealt with by the provinces and territories or by any other law in Canada. Well, the province of Ontario, the province of Alberta, specifically, the provinces couldn't deal with the situation at hand, and that is that Karen Carnival in Ottawa and the border blockades here in Ontario in Alberta.
There are four types of emergencies that can be declared under the Emergency Act. A public welfare emergency, a public order emergency, an international emergency, and a war emergency. This inquiry and the Federal Emergency Act, this was due to a public order emergency. Where in downtown Ottawa, where you had the protesters and the organizers, truck drivers blockading the downtown core, intimidating, harassing violating other people's rights with effect was effectively businesses had to close people couldn't go down there to work disturbing the peace 24 hours a day for as long as that Karen Carnival went on for. Now this emergency act can be invoked to grant temporary additional and necessary powers to the federal government when the provincial or territories of federal tools are no longer sufficient to deal effectively with the serious issue that being faced. Now, from the onset of that protest, the truck convoys and on the onset of that, I said to myself, I hope Ottawa is prepared for what's coming. They weren't prepared. And it's like any protest that happens, you know, if, if people are dissatisfied, you know, with government policy, whether it's federal or provincial, people are going to ascend on the capital, Ottawa, to protest. If it was provincial, where people were are, are dissatisfied uh, with government policy, it would be Queen's Park in Toronto. Now, three weeks ago, the teachers union held a protest because the provincial government used the notwithstanding clause. It's in the Charter's Rights and Freedoms. Prevented them from striking and imposed a contract on them. And forced them back to work. Now... Even with dealing with a, a, a public order emergency, the federal government 
can issue or adopt temporary orders and regulations. And regulating and prohibiting public assemblies, including blockades, other than lawful advocacy, protest, or dissent, regulating the use of, of, of specified property, including goods to be used with, with respect to the blockade, designating and securing places where blockades are to be prohibited, our borders, approaches to the borders, and other critical infrastructures. I don't know if people uh, never read the Federal's Emergencies Act. I remember when it was invoked and, and, and you know, south of the border of the United States, talk shows and, and uh, government officials and, you know, some, not all, saying, oh, Canada can't do that. Canada can't invoke the Emergency Act. Well, I just told you they can't. And under the public welfare emergency, a public order emergency, an international emergency, or a war emergency. When all other systems fail, in the provinces or even the territories, don't have the ability or the tools necessary to break up a public order emergency. Now, Of course, you know, with respecting the uh, Canadians' individual rights, the Emergency Act has stringent built-in protections, which ensure, ensure democratic oversight and accountability with respect to the way in which the government exercises its powers under the Act. And of course, with the with the uh, to protect the individual's rights, as the government of Canada takes the necessary steps to safeguard the safety and well-being of all Canadians, and the government must respect the con the constitutionality, protected rights and freedoms, including the rights of citizens to enter Canada and their right to life, liberty, and security of the person, as well as Canada's obligations under international law. And the charter allows the government to balance the rights in, of the individuals with the interest of society where limits on guaranteed rights and freedoms can be justified as free in, in that democratic society. Whether people like it or not, you know, the government, you know, taking these steps you know, to um, safeguard Canadians and our safety. Using certain tools 
from that emergency act. to clear these blockades. One of the tools that it gave the government, or, you know, specifically, you know, with the uh, the RCMP, that they can move into the municipality and enforce the law. I don't know how people think that blockades are legal. You can't block anything by using a vehicle, people, or any other means of blocking a roadway, a bridge, a border. The national, so this is, so, yeah, sorry, national. So the uh, inquiry um, was, was basically you know, about, um, was it right for the government of Canada to use the Federal Emergencies Act? In hindsight, when everything has failed. The Prime Minister of Canada was the last person to testify at this inquiry. Himself said he had no alternative but to invoke the Emergency Act. as the police proposal wasn't a plan in even the most generous of characterizations and was offering him no other alternative to bring the Freedom Convoy protest to the end. I mean, most, most protests, I mean, they last a weekend long. People protest, they behave themselves. They're not harassing or intimidating people. They're not using any sort of vehicles or any other structurals or, or anything like that as a blockade. They have their peaceful protest, they move on and they go home. The organizers of this Karen Carnival and organize, uh, organizers 
their intentions were to stay there for as long as deemed necessary to get the government to lift restrictions and mandates for however long that took. News conferences after news conferences with the city police of Ottawa, you could see the frustration on the police. They didn't have the tools necessary in order to clear that Karen Carnival. Trudeau's statements, you know, police have been telling the government for weeks that the protests would come to an end, would come to an end soon. But but those protests only grew in size and scope, in which it did, over a three-week period. And when the weekends came along, you had tens of thousands of people ascending on Parliament Hill. And you still had thousands of people throughout the week. He talked about, he heard from authorities, you know, uh, of the police jurisdictions. Don't worry, we got this. Don't worry, we got it. It's okay, I got it. RCM Commissioner they had come together and with a proposal to end the protest and his briefings on that plan indicated it was still incomplete. You know, the blockades in Windsor, Coots, Alberta were being wrapped up and true to invoke the act. But he said he was concerned that without the act, they would flare up again, and that would probably happen. They would just move further down the roadway. And still blocking that border. One of his other reasons why he uh, was concerned what was going on is that they had no idea what was in those transport trucks. Not only children, weapons, in which they did in Alberta, Coots, Alberta, they found a whole arsenal of weapons, ammunition, and body armor in the backs of the transport trucks in Coots, Alberta. He talked about, the Prime Minister talked about what if the worst had happened in the the following days? What if someone gotten hurt? 
What if a police officer had been put in the hospital? He felt that he, it was absolutely serene and that he was confident that he made the right choice to invoke the Federal Emergency Act. You know, watching this, you know, watching, you know, when that protest was going on in Ottawa back in January, February, and you're watching this unfold. And it was very clear that the organizers, the protesters had no intentions of leaving anytime soon. I mean, when you bring the big tent, you bring bouncy castles, you bring hot tubs, makeshift stages for entertainment. This is not a weekend protest. You have trucks barricading roadways and potentially using them as weapons. Side streets filled with trucks and cars. And preventing their fellow Canadians who worked in the downtown area around Parliament, businesses, the big center town mall. People couldn't get down there even go to work. And businesses at that time were allowed to open. You cannot impede the rights of others. This was a long-awaited testimony. The Prime Minister of Canada being the last person to testify at at the inquiry into the use of the Federal Emergency Act. He argued that the Emergency Act allows Cabinet to determine if there is a threat based on multiple inputs such as the RCMP, government officials, and ministers, and not just ceases. And what he or we, them, had had determined, does the situation going on across the country constitute a threat to to the security of Canada? It was threatening trade between Canada and the United States. Blocking the international borders in Windsor, Ontario, in Coots, Alberta, and other border crossings. Truckers pinning themselves against truckers. For those truckers who continued to work and continued to try to keep everything moving, impeding on their rights, 
to move freely back and forth across the borders. Not only did it affect the trade, you know, just around, uh, you know, Michigan, all the way down to Kentucky, Tennessee, even locally. You were, they were jeopardizing, they were just jeopardizing their, 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 their fellow workers, their, 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 their fellow neighbors. Trade between Canada and the United States is crucial for both economies. And when you have a, an impact on the economy, the way it was going, and what that Federal Emergency Act did, you know, would prevent any other blockades moving forward. City of Windsor, it just wasn't the Windsor police clearing the blockades. We had from from all from all over that area, from Chatham all the way down to London, police force helping Windsor clear those blockades. Trudeau also talked about the miller, uh, the uh, militarized uh, of vehicles and 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 weaponizations of vehicles with cars ramming into police officers at the Coots Alberta border crossing, which happened, using children as human shields deliberately. I'll tell you something. You know, when they invoked the Federal Emergency Act, they told and they warned anybody, those truckers, that you, if you have children in your vehicles, that you are to get them into a safe area and that no child will be allowed within the vicinity of that block of that blockade or CAS will come and take your children and then after you're arrested and booked and then released you can go get your children and using children as as human shields deliberately. The presence of weapons among some protesters, which there was in Coots, Alberta. And we had no idea what was in the transport trucks in Ottawa.
in the fear of the radicalized lone wolf attacks, counter protests that could stoke violence were some of the reasons that led cabinet to ultimately answer yes to invoking the Federal Emergency Act. They also talked about we're seeing things that that, um, that would escalate and not under control. What other options were there? Well, you know, we had, you know, we had uh, uh, tow truck driver or tow truck uh, companies who didn't want to get involved. They didn't want to ruin their reputation. They didn't want to have their, their equipment damaged. They didn't want to have their workers injured. I get that. Some were paid off not to get involved. But when the government invoked the Federal Emergency Act, they compelled the towing companies to remove these vehicles. In which at that point, they had no choice. Now he said, if he had been convinced that other orders of government or any other law in Canada was sufficient to deal with this emergency, then we wouldn't have met that threshold to invoke the act. There wasn't. I mean, if the if the Ottawa police services could just have dealt with that by themselves, it wouldn't have been necessary. You could see, you know, you know, protesters or just civil, uh, other people bringing in jerry cans, and the police are gonna remove them. And now you have the police being swarmed. What might've happened? Now, He also talked about it was apparent from the first day of the protest in Ottawa on January the 28th, there was a disconnect between what his team and he himself were seeing about the Freedom Convoy protesters' intentions and what the Ottawa Police Services was telling them. The levels of frustration, aggressiveness, or aggression, from the protesters 
that was unusual and did not fit with assurance in the in the Ontario or the Ottawa Police Services thought it would be a normal protest that would only last one weekend. And like any protest, if people are dissatisfied of policies that the government makes, they descend on the Capitol and they have their their protest, a peaceful protest, and they move on. That's the norm. That's the way it's always been. That was the thought of the Ottawa Police Services. This is just only going to be a weekend protest. And they'll pack up and go home. The largest ever seen rolling convoy here in Canada, driving from Alberta all the way to Ontario. Stretching 20 miles long. How in the world would you think that would be a weekend protest? You'd have to have rocks in your head. They're not going to waste their time driving that distance for five days and protest for a weekend and then turn around and head back again, you'd have to give your head a shake. He also testified that the Freedom Convoy really wasn't a usual political protest citing that intimidation and harassment of people for wearing masks and and other very concerning behaviors from the protesters. Jumping up and down on the tomb of the unknown soldier, defecating on the war memorial, defacing the Terry Fox statue, intimidating, harassing, assaulting workers at a homeless shelter, wanting food, assaulting a homeless person. These are not normal actions, ladies and gentlemen. This is not normal behavior. Now, they have to decide because everything wrapped up on Friday. Over three weeks of testimony from the police services, government officials, business, officials from the borders. 
and the organizers of the Karen Carnival. All took the stand over the three-week period. And now, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while to hear whether or not the use of the Federal Emergency Act was warranted. What else could any of the police services done? What else? What else could could have the Ontario uh, the Ottawa police services done? The Ontario Provincial Police. The RCMP could not go into the municipality jurisdiction and enforce the laws without the use of the Federal Emergency Act. It's not their jurisdiction. They are federal, not provincial. To compel the tow truck operators to remove those vehicles. Otherwise, they weren't getting involved. To prevent others to ascend on already situation that was chaotic and that emergency act would prevent anybody to go into any zone under the federal emergency act and police forces all across Canada would ascend onto Ottawa. Falling short of the use of the military. It gave the powers of the government to even stop all of the donations from all the crowfunding. Cease, seize bank accounts of those organizers. And the other in any other businesses, trucking companies that had their drivers, owner operators involved in that Karen Carnival, they would freeze their business. These are temporary measures until the matter is fully dealt with.
since it, since it's uh, uh, the Federal Emergency Act um, came into law in 1988, it re, it uh, replaced the Federal War Act. There was no telling what if we just I mean how, I mean how long do you think that the citizens of Ottawa would put up with that nonsense how long do you think the barricades would be allowed to continue at the borders? How long do you think people would put up with this? Well, they put up with it for, or tolerated, they put up with it, they tolerate or even barely tolerating with it for three weeks. You know, it wasn't until October that the federal government lifted all federal mandates. So, were they gonna stay there from last January all the way to October until the government lifted all mandates. Who in their right mind would think that? Who in their right mind would allow that to happen? You think those barricades and that Karen Carnival would go on from January all the way to October? I don't think so. It had to come to an end sooner or later. probably sooner would be better than later. We heard from, you know, uh, in, in testimonies that, you know, from uh, government officials uh, from the United States, you know, um, who, you know, who, who, who deal with trade between Canada and the United States. And that they were second guessing, should we, should, you know, should we be, have trade with Canada? Coots, Alberta, that, that blockade of that border lasted a little bit longer, started before the one in, in Windsor that, um, separates uh, uh, Michigan and, and Ontario. 
but a week-long blockade in Windsor was showing a strain on the economy on both sides. And that we do something about it. Casting that flashing amber light. You know, this is a caution. You know, the Americans say this is a caution to Canada. That you clear this mess up. How it got to go for a week, I have no idea. So, like I said, now we're going to have to wait and see the outcome, the final decision. It's not going to happen within a week or two weeks. Thousands of thousands of testimonies, documents that they have to go over. And eventually conclude whether or not. the Federal Emergency Act was necessary. So, you know, you know, people, I mean, were really, um, you know, leading up, you know, know, the Prime Minister of Canada being the last person to testify and, and you know, um, wanted to hear um, what he had to say to a to a pack forum and um, in other areas in, in um, uh, through watching it through video because there was just no more seats available. Standing room only. To hear what the Prime Minister had to say. It's like, you know, it's like any, any leader you know, we have Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. You have the President Joe Biden. You know, we either love him or hate him. Right? There's no in between. They make policies that we may not agree with. We have the right to protest peacefully. And then move on and go home. That's a normal protest. 
no harm, no foul. Nobody gets hurt. And you just go home. And you hope that your voice was heard. But you cannot use vehicles, people, or any other means to blockade, harass, intimidate, disturb, impede on other people's rights. I mean, Canadians, I mean, if you haven't read the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, I mean, you have a laptop, you have a smartphone. Look up the Federal Emergency Act and it'll, and it'll, and it'll tell you. What it, when and what it can be used for. There are four types of the emergency of the emergencies that can be declared under the Emergency Act. A public welfare emergency, a public order emergency, an international emergency, a war emergency. And this Federal Emergency Act, it was enacted under a public order emergency. people out there, well, the government can't do that. Yes, they can. And you need to do a little research and you need to educate yourself. I want to talk about something, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to look it up. Am I going to tell you something what is in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Well, I'm going to look up the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I'm going to tell you what can what what can be uh, uh, deemed as uh, as an emergencies that can be declared under the Emergency Act. I'm going to look up the Emergency Act, and I'm looking at it right now. There's a whole list of things here under the Emergency Act. Democratic safeguards, parliamentary oversight, accountability and respecting Canadians' individual rights. Impact of the Emergency Act on individual rights. It just, it it goes on, transparency and accountability. It's a whole list of things of how this Federal Emergency Act works.
unbelievable. You know, when, 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 you, when you hear, you know, people saying, oh, the government can't do that. Oh, they can't invoke that act. They can't do that. You know, and it's, and it's like, and it's like, uh, you know, here uh, in, in the provinces, you know, across Canada and the territories, um, under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, they have what you call a notwithstanding clause. What well, means the provincial governments, if there's something in the in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms that they want to change, whether it infringes on your rights or not, they can use the notwithstanding clause. Quebec did it on on uh, uh, on religion. When it comes to wearing um, uh, religion attire. The Ontario government used the notwithstanding clause not just three weeks ago. On on an, 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 you know using it to prevent uh, the the teachers union from striking, and they were in a legal strike position. That means they couldn't, they couldn't strike. And, and if people, you know, my fellow Canadians, you know, when it comes to notwithstanding clause, it has been used over 11 times. And I've talked about the, the, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And in chapter, and in the first chapter, it says that your charter of rights and freedoms are not absolute. So when it comes when it comes to saying whatever, like oh the government can't can't do that. government can't use the notwithstanding clause and change things in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms because they're not happy with something. Well, yes, they can. And like I said, when you open up the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in, in the very first section of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and it specifically says that your charter and rights and freedoms are not absolute. And just like using the Federal Emergency Act in this in, in the situation that was taking place in Ottawa and other parts across the country, where there seemed to be no end in sight and the agencies unable to deal with it effectively and using the resources that they have at hand was not working.
And that's when the federal government is going to step in. Now, I mean, the government just, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the prime minister of Canada, I mean, he just, you know, you know, with a stroke of a pen saying, yeah, I'm invoking this act. They were talking about invoking the act while this Karen Carnival was going on. Watching and monitoring the situation. And of course, he has to have other government support, other parties, such as the NDP or the Conservative Party. If he didn't get any of that, then he wouldn't be able to invoke it. He didn't need he didn't need the the uh, conservative party the NDP has enough seats in Parliament to vote yes with the Liberal Party to invoke the Federal Emergency Act It's a serious thing. And this is why the inquiry has to be held to determine whether or not if it was necessary to use the Federal Emergency Act. declare that Karen Carnival and prevent any other such gatherings anywhere else in the country from happening. And this is why it's so important, you know, so when I'm talking about, you know, Parliament, you know, both the House and Co- both the House of Commons and the Senate must vote on the motion. If either the House or the or, or uh, the House of Commons or the Senate does not vote in favor of the declaration, then it is revoked that very day. You know, the Senate and the and the Senate or the House of Commons are recalled if necessary if either the Senate or the House of Commons is not sitting at the time of the declaration is issued. And it must be recalled to sit within seven days of the date of the declaration. So, now everybody, you know, not everybody, but people, you know, would get upset. Oh, government can't do this. You can't do that. Well, when he has the support 
uh, of both the House of Commons and the Senate. Yes, he can. You know, not only, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, here, here in Canada, you know, and like, you know, we have a healthcare crisis. Inflation is out the roof. We have a homeless crisis. We have an addiction crisis. Going on here in Canada, you know, I was reading an article the other day, um, you know, with uh, hospital uh, admissions, children's hospital in particular, are working, are working over, you know, 120% capacity. Children have to be moved into adult wards. Short-staffed everywhere. They even talked about uh, mass mandates. You know, but 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 what the but what the the top doctor of Ontario is, is telling you is, you know. Use caution, use your common sense. You know, if you feel uncomfortable, you know, in a large gathering, a large crowd, you know, wear a mask. Hospitals, nursing homes, retirement homes, medical buildings. They have their own rules, nothing to do with the government. And you are to wear a mask if you go in to those institutions. I still go to places where I deliver and pick up to where employees are wearing a mask. These are health and safety policies put in places by businesses and institutions and not by the government. COVID-19, influenza, the, uh, the uh, RSV, um, respiratory illnesses that, that is just running rampant through children, all going on at the same time. 
Nobody here in Canada, the United States, all across Europe, the World Health Organization, no one has declared the pandemic over. And like I said before, you know, from the onset of, of, of this pandemic and stuff like that, I mean, we're all in this together. You know, you, you know you're either on the same page or we're not. And that's your choice. Get vaccinated or not, that's your choice. Wear a mask, that's your choice. We make choices in life. You know, even when we're kids, for an example, you know, you got your bicycle, you know, you're building a ramp. You want to go off that that ramp, see how far you can go. And you tell your parents you're going to go do it. And your dad turns around and says, you break a leg, don't come running to me. That's your choice. Housing crisis, affordable rent, all these things happening all at once. Immigration coming into Canada. You know, I read an article the other day on homelessness. Here in the city of London, where I reside, on any given night, or in the city of London, on any given night, there are 2,000 people homeless. Affordable housing, London housing. For London housing, there's a seven-year wait. Longer if you have special needs and the the unit has to be wheelchair accessible. We're talking 10 plus years. It's not like we can build a small apartment building overnight. It's not like we can build, you know, more London housing overnight or anything of that nature. We can't. So many problems, not enough resources to effectively deal with what is going on.
the, 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 the services needs for people living on the streets. The services needs for people who may, who may be becoming homeless. The services needs that we need in our, in our hospitals. the shortage of staff. And again, the alarming rate of hospitalizations of children. Governments, agencies, are working with what they have. Something that's just not gonna be fixed overnight. 10 year plan they talked about to end homelessness. Maybe we should have started that 10 years ago. And here we are. Opiate the opiate crisis that is going on. Overdose. It's at an alarming rate. And it was more so over the pandemic of the first two years. There's lots of problems going on here in Canada. And I'm sure United States, Europe, all facing and looking at the same things. Something, you know, it is, you know, I mean, it's something to talk about. It really is, you know, important issues like that, you know, on, uh, even on mental, on mental health. But those topics and everything else like that, you know, it's just something that, you know, yeah, we talk about it, you know, but, you know, we just, we, we move on. We got other things we do. We got busy lives, stuff like that. We can't, we can't talk about it every day, you know, but we have to have that discussion at some point in our lives. Friends, family, co-workers. Hola, coño. ¿Cómo estás? Hey, how are you? Bien, bien. ¿Todo? Can you speak English, please? No hablo inglés. Okay. Uh, I can't speak Spanish. Oh, problemo. Mucho problemo. I have no problem. Yeah, I don't have, no, I have no problemo. I appreciate you calling in, though. I really do. You know, thank you for calling in. No, that's okay, Carlos. That's okay. You know, language barrier, that happens. And, you know, that's okay. You know, uh, probably saying hello and I'm saying hello back. You know, so. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap up the show. Um, it's gone an hour and in 12 minutes but of course like i said there's always lots of things to talk about and uh, 
and time and time again, we'll bring up those, you know, addiction, mental health, homelessness, you know, uh, or, or crisis in, in our in our healthcare. Uh, till we get together again, uh, of course, you know, the work week is coming up. Uh, you know, I have a, a very busy week uh, coming up. So during the week trying to do shows, that's sometimes just not possible. You know, um, depending what's happening on weekends lately it's just been everything it's just it's been chaotic and you know i'm happy i could get out here sunday morning and i'm happy to have you on my show um just sometimes it's even some weekends and and you know that i i've I've missed a couple weekends you know because there's just things going on that you know it makes it difficult to get out here so I didn't disappear, you know, my show's going to continue. You know, I will be here. So, um, I'm not going to let you down. So just, you know, don't worry. Say, oh, Trucker hasn't been on here for a while. I wonder if his show is still going on. Stuff like that. Yeah, the show is still going to go on. Yes, I'd like to go on more often, but personal life and other things, you know, um, have to come first and, and then I can do my show when I'm able to do, do my show. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, I don't get paid to do this. I'm not Joe Rogan. Or he can be out there every single day and have all kinds of people on the show and all that stuff like that. You know. So I find the time to come out here. And I'm appreciative of you joining my show, listening in, taking time out of your morning or afternoon or you know, whatever time it is where you're listening from. And I appreciate that. So have uh, the rest of your weekend. Go out there and enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know it was the Americans uh, uh, Thanksgiving long weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, um, gathering with your friends and family. I hope you had uh, a great time. I hope it was safe and, and, um, and that because here in Canada, we don't have, we get one day early, early October is our, is our Thanksgiving. And it's always uh, the first Monday in October thanksgiving here in canada so the americans you know (laughs) wish we had a thanksgiving like that but you know thursday friday saturday sunday that'd be great but i hope you you enjoyed it and uh your family and your friends and, and stuff like that so 
Until the next time we meet, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your uh, upcoming week. And uh, we will uh, get back together um, as soon as I can. And until then, take care and be safe. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. 